Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you tried to borrow money from your insurance policy and your insurance agent either didn't get back to you or it was all kinds of chaos and confusion just to access your money? This is what it looks like. Hey, Ed, I need to borrow money from my policy. I'm buying a piece of real estate. No problem, Rob. Here you go. This isn't enough. You need more? Yes. Here you are. Excellent. So now, if in fact your agent, he or she, understands how to leverage your policy because that's why you bought it in the first place, it should take you within 48 hours to get a wire into your checking account for the money that you're borrowing from yourself from your own policy. Okay, so I was just having some fun with my partner, Eddie, but the truth is um, our clients, whenever they want to leverage off their policy, they're 48 hours away from getting the money every time. Once again, if the policies are properly positioned where they're overfunded and the cash value is available to borrow, it's really a 48-hour window from the time you make the call to the time that the money's in your account. And borrowing is a very easy thing. It's your money. No one's running your credit. You don't need anybody's permission. It's a simple phone call away. One of the things about life insurance is it's it's marketed so horribly that when people hear the word life insurance, they think about their own death aka when they're going to shuffle off this mortal coil so if i think about transformational vocabulary it's not a good feeling to think about everybody running around with my money after i die and having fun and it's all tax-free by the way so the question is is your policy flexible most people know and this is my point that life insurance will pay a death benefit to beneficiaries if in fact the unthinkable is to occur but while a policyholder is alive they may want to tap into the value that already has accumulated however The ability to treat the policy like an ATM depends on what kind of life insurance you have. 100% understanding exactly the mechanics and the mechanism on how to borrow your own money is a conversation you should have with you and your agent before you get started. And just like I I talked about the variable policy, the universal policy, you get interest credit when you borrow the money, but at the end of the day, the cost of insurance increases every year. And as a result of it, later on, this could become challenging if, in fact, you leveraged money for another asset and that asset isn't working as fast as you thought it would, you're going to have to pay extra on that policy over here. So always understand the the little potholes that are out there so you can make good decisions, not just today, but three, five, ten years later, and everything is in place to be able to protect you from the things that you can't anticipate. Because remember... Whenever things go down or south, there's no calamity bell warning. It just seems to happen out of nowhere. When it it comes to insurance, you always have to have the end in mind, even when you're starting off, right? So we always talk about overfunding whole life policies so you can leverage it sooner than later. But if you look at permanent life insurance, it's the ability to pull money from the policy when you're still alive by leveraging from your cash value. You don't pull it out. You borrow from your cash value just so we're on the same page. Types of permanent life insurance include whole life, universal life, and variable universal life. These policies hold cash value beyond the death benefit, but let me just be clear. 
if you look at the universal life and the variable universal life, as each year goes by, the cost of insurance becomes more expensive. So if in fact, you, those two policies you're using to go buy a piece of rental real estate, and that real estate isn't working as fast as you thought it would be, or if you were financing something, the cost of insurance can grow inside those other policies that you would have to be able to pay back into. Just so you understand the difference, it's always important to know what policy you're buying and why. As a rule of thumb for us, in general terms, and we'd have to get more specific, we love whole life first to be complemented by the universal, not the other way around. So check it out, folks. Um, a lot of whole life insurance agents out there, they make fun of term insurance. They call it renter's insurance. Um, Dave Ramsey's big on term insurance, but once again, he's speaking in general terms. So I think he's missing the boat on specifics, business owners, corporate executives. But term insurance, I grew up in a middle class, Bayonne, New Jersey, we had no money. So any kind of insurance was good. So if any of you folks out there have term, understand that whether it's a 10, 20 or 30 year term, there's no cash value at all. You cannot leverage that policy. And at some point, that policy, when the term is up, to keep it is gonna become more expensive and you're gonna let it go anyway. So we always say, listen, term has its place within the whole life as a little bit of a combo. And as you become increasingly more productive financially, you could then turn that term and convert it into whole life. That's a rule of thumb for us. But remember, we're going back to Dave Ramsey now, term and invested difference, it's a nursery rhyme. Uh, A.L. Williams created it, I think in the 80s, and he made a lot of money out of it. At the end of the day, it has a place, not the place, but the place is the ability to convert it as time goes on. Okay, so folks, here's a quick dive into the mechanics. And once again, I'm speaking in general terms, it, it has to be on a longer private conversation specific to you because all policies are different based on ages and genders. But with that being said, if you have a life insurance policy with cash value, you have several options for extracting value from it while you're still alive. And number one would be withdrawing money from the policy. Number two would be surrendering the policy. Number three would be borrowing against the policy. And then number four, which we're not gonna get into because the truth is, unless it's an emergency, we don't recommend this, using the policy to pay your premiums. Once again, all these different things require conversations with your accountant, your fiduciary, and your insurance agent. So when we talk about withdrawing money, it's different than borrowing, okay? So no matter what though, whenever you wanna withdraw money, you could borrow up to it tax-free based on the amount you put in. So let's say for example, you have a million five in cash value and you put in a million, that first million that you withdraw is all tax-free, okay? If you exceed that, and this is an accountant conversation, if you exceed basis, anything after that would be taxed at ordinary, not long-term, but ordinary income. So it's important to understand these distinctions along the way. All right, so folks, I wanna be clear, and I'm gonna talk about borrowing in a second, but in the example I just gave where there's a million five in cash value, and the basis is a million, and up to the million you could withdraw all tax-free. If you withdraw that money, you don't get the interest credit on the total 1.5 million. You only get the interest credit on the 500,000. And that's the main difference between borrowing and withdrawing, which I'm gonna get into in a second. Just wanna kinda of create that distinction so it can get into your head so you understand the little distinctions along the way, let's call it sensory acuity, so your decision-making is proper. All right, folks, once again, now we're gonna talk about borrowing. I just gave you a little difference between withdrawing and borrowing. And when you begin to play the borrowing game, it's more powerful because you get 
the interest rate on the full amount that's inside the policy when you borrow versus withdrawing, okay? So for example, if there is a million five in there and you borrow a million, that million five is gonna get that guarantee rate of return inside that policy. Now, you could take a loan on the cash value of a life insurance policy without needing to go through a credit check, yes. But any unpaid balance will subtract from the death benefit. So let's say if there's a $3 million death benefit and you're borrowing 500,000 and you pass away, shuffle off this mortal coil, your wife gets 2.5 million or your husband gets $2.5 million. You'll be charged interest on the loan and usually the interest is anywhere between five to 8%. So for example, if there's a million five in cash value and it's getting that guarantee rate of return plus dividend, let's call it 5%, and you borrow a million, right? So the million, you're gonna get charged five, but the million five, you're gonna be earning five or six. And in that scenario, the arbitrage is in your favor. Now, the real question is when you borrow that money, what's the alternative investment that you're putting it in over here? And what's the rate of return on the other investment? And when you begin to, to compare and contrast both of them, that's how you can possibly begin to get multiple rates of return off the same dollar while being protected from lawsuit, while being protected from, from interest rates, um, inflation, as well as disability, and of course, death. According to Investopedia, not all accounts are equal. A good life insurance company is critical to the policy working effectively to shelter you from taxes. Listen, if you have the concept of leveraging your money to go buy other investments, you need to know the difference between direct and non-direct recognition and what carriers are there. For example, certain carriers that are direct recognition means that if you borrow money, the difference of what you don't borrow is affected, the dividend is affected by that difference. Non-direct recognition means even when you borrow, you get the full credit of the money that's inside the policy. So go ahead and click the link below, set up a time for one of our team members because they could give you the education on exactly what that looks like. But with that being said, everything has to happen the right way. The dividends have to pay the right way. The loan has to be structured the right way. And it's got to be serviced and illustrated the right way. Wow. Okay. What does that actually mean? And how does that tie into how the policy is structured specifically for you? And this is what we love to talk about. Hey, listen, whenever you decide to do anything in life, you always want to have a blueprint, right? Remember, you have a life condition and a blueprint. So you may have imagined something, blueprint. And if your life condition doesn't match that blueprint, what happens is you got to make adjustments along the way and it's no different when it comes to your money. So it's important to understand a financial freedom map and what that looks like on where you are on that map and where you want to go. And then the quickest way to go from here to here, straight line, avoid back roads, avoid dirt roads, and get on the highway so it's efficient and can get you there smoother. So folks, for the blueprint, check it out. Go ahead and click the link below. One of the Epic team members will sit down with you, no obligation, provide world-class education as, as an information giver, but more importantly, as they listen to what your questions are, what your core values are, what you're looking to accomplish, they then will create that blueprint based on that conversation. We look forward to speaking with you and thank you for checking out the channel. So thank you so much for watching the channel. We really appreciate it. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so every day when we bring out new content and education, you'll be able to hear it. And if you thought this video was good, you need to check out this next video. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.